Welcome to the Transform Your Wealth and Health podcast, where experts in wealth, health, and fitness help transform your life. Here's your host, Andy Arder. Today's guest is super fit, public speaking, entrepreneurial mortgage broker. It's Gary Das. Gary, how are we doing? Very well, Andy. You? Yeah, very good, Gary. I'm just looking out the window here. We've got beautiful sunshine in Hertfordshire, and you're not too far up the road in Chelmsford and Essex, so I'm presuming you've got exactly the same. Yeah, it's just a bit cold when you go outside. That's the only thing. It's a bit deceiving. I'm staying inside, so I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us a little bit about your early life and career, Gary, because I know that now you're really pushing and moving things on, but let's hear about the early times when things were maybe slightly different. How early do you want to go, mate? Go, well, we've had people go back to the womb. So, oh, had, blimey, uh, O'Reilly. Yeah, I, I, did say I, it, <laughs> I did say at the time, we're drawing the line at conception. So, so anything above <laughs> that. <laughs> okay. You, you've got your choice from beyond that, okay? <laughs> yeah, no problem at all. Um, well, well let's, go, let's just go back to my start in business, I suppose, or my start in the career that I'm currently in is probably a logical place. Prior to that, it was mostly just, growing up as most people do um so yeah i i just became a mortgage back in to 2003 um got qualified i didn't really know what i wanted to do after leaving college so i had various little jobs and you know went to work for royal london because it was easy in colchester i knew i wanted to be in an office-based position mm-hmm. um and not really knowing what I wanted to do after some temporary jobs. My dad just said, why don't you go and work for a bank? Because they'll always be around. Um, My dad had a bit of a hard time with his business. He's been in business 40 years, and he had a bit of a hard time. So through the tough times, you know, I think a lot of my sales was actually developed um, on Northfield Market, would you believe? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite a bit back in the day, but I understand it's nowadays it's, it's a little bit tired. Yeah, it's not what it used to be, I think, from what I've heard, the similar. So, so yeah, I did a bit of Northfield Market and a few boot fairs and stuff like that in my early teens when I was growing up with dads. So when I went to work for a bank, I knew I wanted to work with people in an office environment. Went to work for a bank. They stuck me behind a cashier's desk. And I was pretty good at that. So I was getting good at getting people over to opening new accounts for the bank. So mm-hmm. I went and did that role. And then I was good at getting people over to the mortgage advisor and went and did that role. Um, and then they said, do you want to become a mortgage advisor? So they, um, they put me through my paces at the Woolwich in Chelmsford and then they went and shoved me off in an old crony branch in the middle of nowhere where there was no mortgage leads. Um, so it was time to move on from there. And then I kind of, I went to an estate agent Connells. I worked for a brokerage in Colchester. I ended up going to London for a little while and, and did really well at Alexander Hall. Uh, who's, who's a large at the time had 80 advisors mm-hmm. uh, came back to Chelmsford with a relatively new firm there was me and two other advisors who joined this gentleman starting a new startup um, within 12 months we went me sales manager uh, Emma who started as well was kind of office admin manager and we went from us three with the owner up to 12 and doing 1.4 million wow so um, quite, quite a good jump yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Um, we were charging quite high fees at the time because it was all when adverse credit was around, you know, people with county court judgments, default CCJs. So a lot of the, the sort of makeup was fees, but then you, those types of people weren't taking out insurance at that time. Um, and it was anything and everything in terms of, you know, from, from one missed payment right through to 12 months of mortgage payments at the time, you know, what lending was like at that point. It was easy to get anything. 
Yes. Um, but because all the leads were internet generated, I then went self-employed and in 2006 and then we got hit by the credit crunch and I've grew, I grew an insurance business and then now got back to mortgages as of January 16 is okay. kind of the, the short version. Right. Well, what made you start working on your own? Because obviously working for somebody else, it's nice, it's safe. Was yep. you entrepreneurial enough that you thought, I'm going to make some more money or was it more that you wanted to do it because your heart was in it? So it's, it's twofold, yeah. Well, being 37 now and having been in the industry, you know, for, for 15 years, um, the motives back then were very different to what the motives are now. It was yep. more money-orientated when I was a lot younger. You don't look 37, by the way, I've got to say. You've mm-hmm. looked after yourself. <laughs> Thanks, mate. It's my Indian <laughs> blood, my Indian heritage from my dad's side. Is that what it is? Okay. Oily, yeah. oily skin. <laughs> okay. Fair enough, then. Um, yeah, I've, having, I suppose I've seen my dad 40 years in business. You know, he still does a four-day week only because he has my girls or what will now be my little boy on a Wednesday because he's uh, the other two are at school now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he still works a four-day week at sort of 76. Wow. Um, I'm the youngest in a family of four, and I suppose I grew up with a little bit of my chip on my shoulder wanting to prove myself all the time. Um and just doing the markets and seeing dad graft and just unbeknown to me subconsciously picking up on, you know, the fact of building relationships and, and how he just has such a presence in a room. Uh, I've got a lot of admiration and respect for my dad. Yeah. Um, that when I felt like I had learned enough of my craft, uh, I, I thought, right. I know how to get the biggest thing I think business owners have is getting clients. And back in 2006, you could buy them from the internet for 15 quid. <laughs> so that was kind of problem number one solved. I said to dad, I can buy these leads at two and a half grand. I want to go self-employed. So it was just a case of, right, that's what I'm going to do. And I fitted it around my lifestyle and, and started with 12 hour days as probably most people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So moving things on slightly to today, where do you find yourself now, Gary? Um, so, we are a team of three. Um, it's been a roller coaster. I've had a big team of 12 and I've gone back to a team of five and then back to a team of three as of the beginning of this year. So I've got a PA and a marketing uh, assistant. That's interesting. Um, tell, tell us about that. Why did you do that? And why is it up and down on the, on the numbers? Have you just, you just been trialing things or, or how's it? So, worked? yeah, it was um, because I was buying the leads in the good old days of 2006, the leads were great. You know, you could buy them for 15 pound, you could convert 30% and it was a very easy numbers game. Yeah. Um, after the credit crunch, I grew an insurance business as kind of the, the pivot that was needed. Um, and I took on a team, you know, we grew to a team of 12. We were doing about three quarters of a million quid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually grew to hate the business because they were coming from the internet. There was no customer loyalty. Yeah. You know, Google AdWords, it was PPC, buying them from third party companies who were doing PPC, it was Facebook. There was no real brand or marketing for me. Yeah, PPC um, which is why pick. Say again, sorry? PPC for people that, that don't know yes. pay per click. Google Google pay per click, correct. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so there was no customer loyalty to me on my brand, which is why I'm so passionate of, about focusing on my brand now. But to cut a long story short, I was um, in 2015. I essentially had this had the successful business, but it was the leads were hit and miss, and the quality wasn't what it used to be. It had gone from 15 pound a lead to 50 pound a lead. 
they were being multi-sold to three different people buying them and it just it didn't get it wasn't as fun as it was you know in the previous years yeah um, yeah I then decided having had a good year that I would move home with the wife and Emily was starting school. So we were starting to consider where we wanted to be for, you know, a good 10 years while they go through primary school and stuff. And I saw the opportunity for, for self-employed mortgages and me being a company director and Aisha then being a sole trader or now being a sole trader because of Emily starting school, saw the opportunity to pivot and get back to mortgages, which is what I'd been looking to do for about two years but I didn't just want to jump into the piranha tank of estate agents and, you know, getting my leads via those means. So I saw an opportunity to, to open a niche business. So in July, 2015, had the hard chats with all the guys who worked for me. I'm still a lot of friends with a lot of them now. Um, slowly but surely they found other jobs and then left downsized to a team of five in January 16 and reopened on January 16 as a mortgage broker. Um, had a really good couple of years and then a couple of people moved on end of last year and it's just been us three this year. Um, but I'm, you know, we're all earning more money, shall we say, than we were. Lauren's been with me six years. She's getting paid more than she was three years ago. I'm probably getting paid roughly the same or a little bit more, but we've got none of the headache of a big team. We're in a smaller office. We're having a lot more fun. I have dinner with my kids. I go to the gym, you know, I work five days a week and a little bit at the weekends, but it's much, much more fun. Yeah, it's a lot to be said for lifestyle going along with your work. I, I was talking to Rob Stewart a while back. I don't know if you know Rob Stewart. Um, yeah. is the, he does a lot on the internet marketing and yeah. he's also been an, an RAF fighter pilot. Cool. And Rob, um, Rob lives lifestyle alongside his job. So he works from home a lot and uh, does a lot on the internet. And, and very much like you were saying, he tries to build it into his daily work around his lifestyle and his family so exactly. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm up for that that's a good one <laughs> definitely. definitely so you mentioned that you go to the gym now I know you train a lot I know you're one of those yeah. entrepreneurs that exercise hard and yep. I wondered if you'd tell us a little bit about your lifestyle and your training regimes yeah of course um, I actually posted a couple of days ago on Facebook uh, that I've been going to the gym in the mornings now for about 12 years mm -hmm. um, I used to do the whole after work thing and you know but the gyms are the busiest after sort of four o'clock or five o'clock yeah um, I did a little stint at sort of three o'clock when I first went self-employed um, but I've, you know if you look at it consistently I've always preferred getting up in the morning training you know just on a on a pre-workout or a pint of water and, and just going and getting it done early mm-hmm um, so one of the things you said there, Gary, was consistently, and it's one of the things I've struggled with. So people like me, how do you maintain your consistency? Um, I just love it, if I'm honest. <laughs> that's, uh, that's probably the, the easiest thing. I actually, in, in a, probably in a previous life, if I were to look back, I probably should have gone down some sort of gym, personal training kind of fitness route. I, mm. I always grow up. One thing I've learned as I've got older, I'm a bit of a generalist. When I look back on my school in history, you know, I, I played every sport possible. I drove my parents, well, they drove me everywhere because I did football on Saturdays, rugby on Sundays. I was doing athletics during the week. I was tennis. It is, so I was, I was literally above average at everything, but I never excelled at everything because I always wanted to do everything. Yeah. Um, and I think having, I was never particularly academic, which is quite, and you know, maths was my weakest subject, which is quite ironic with the job that I do today and how much I love numbers. <laughs> okay. um, but 
it's just that thing of, for me, I think consistency comes when you make it a routine. And I did a Facebook Live on this the other day. The easiest way to create a routine is to chunk time. You know, so my gym is always first thing in the morning at 5.30. Go in, get it done, hit it hard, sets my brain up for the day, gets rid of the stress of the previous one. By the evenings, I'm tired, so I sleep well. But I I chunk my time in, in the day to create a routine, to be more productive and to, you know, have more of a lifestyle at certain points. That's interesting. So you put in some of your latter-day success down to chunking then? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Okay. Definitely. You know, I, I do my social media sort of interaction stuff in the evenings after we've had, after we've had dinner, um, sit on the sofa for an hour before I then have an hour with my wife every night at nine o'clock. Uh, you know, my gym's first thing in the morning when we come to the office it's always my creative thing. So that's why I'm doing this with you now rather than this afternoon because I'd be a different human. Yep, I understand. Uh, you know, so videos are always in the morning. My client calls are generally at a certain time of the day. My admins generally at a certain time of the day. And it, it just keeps you, yeah, it's routine and it can, at times can be a bit mundane, but it's, it's about being efficient. Yeah, sure. So you help people with their investments. Yeah. How do you invest in yourself? Um, well, funnily enough, um, well, first of all, the fitness and the gym and the exercise, I don't really drink. Um, so I, I spend on, you know, making sure my diet's always good and my nutrition's always good. Um, you know, ran, swam, grew and flew are the, the sort of things I try and stick in my mouth as much as possible. Uh, and rather than a lot of the synthetic kind of stuff or the, the non-man-made stuff, but don't get me wrong, I love a donut, I love a cake and a biscuit. <laughs> We won't hold it against you. Okay. <laughs> if you're I have amongst- one hobnob, that whole pack is gone. Oh, God. Oh, God. So um, well, you're, amongst, you're amongst friends here. You, you can sell things like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I suppose how I've invested in myself, I've actually spent about nearly £100,000 on myself over the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, having so- grown that insurance business and buying leads from third parties, paying almost £20,000 a month to supply that business with leads and having no customer loyalty. Uh, What I did was when I downsized, the first thing I did is that money that I was using on lead generation, I did an NLP course, Mm -hmm. was the first course I did, um, because I realized that I'd almost existed within a bubble uh, of sort of my own, my same family, my same team. I hadn't really gone out much and I was... I, I kind of refer to it as almost being a little bit socially socially anxious. Yeah. Um, and having seen a bit of Tony Robbins and things like that, NLP was the first step to me in getting outside my comfort zone. And I can remember I've spoken to my trainer about it. The first sort of discovery day I went to, he called me up on in front of everybody, sort of 40 people in a room. First time I'd done it in probably a decade. And I can, I can feel that anxiety now just reliving it. Um, so the first thing was NLP, and then from there on in, I can, I can list off, you know, umpteen amount of events and everything that I've done, but it's mostly been around personal development, uh, marketing, lead generation, business development, coaching, mentoring, and it's, it's been, that's what's really been transformational for me in the last two years. Mm, okay, so you've been doing a bit of speaking as well. I've seen it on the internet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've, um, I stood in front of 250 entrepreneurs to talk about my book, uh, talk about my journey over the last two years and, and sort of give them how I've, how I've kind of done it and, and what's changed, a bit like we are today, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was a great experience. Definitely something that 
I, I kind of came off stage and it was, I would describe it like being tattooed. I don't know, have you got any tattoos, Andy? No, mate, no, I'm not a big fan, actually. So we'll <laughs> under that. I've got a few. <laughs> Do you know why I'm not a huge fan of it? I was going to have on. one. I was going to have one, okay? I was going to yeah. have one Spurs emblem tattoo on my arm. So I'm a Tottenham fan. But I'll have one just on the arm, nice and tasteful. You know, nobody except me will really know it's there. I'll be happy with that. Okay, yeah. so... Tottenham then went and changed their logo about a month after I was thinking about getting it. I think, thank God. I'd have had to have two then. It'd have been the, other, the new emblem on the other arm. So, um, so yeah, I think I'm off on tattoos at the moment. Put me off. But, but you carry on. And I, and I understand it's a youngster's thing nowadays that everybody's getting them. So. Yeah, I got my first one. I got because I've got so much respect for my dad. He's a bit. He's very old fashioned in the sense of, you know, if one of my mates came around when I was growing up and they had an earring, earring, he'd call him Gertrude, and <laughs> you know, he's, he's quite old fashioned in that sense. So once I got with my wife and was a married man, I felt like I had the the balls to go and actually get my first one, having wanted one for ages. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was it's public speaking. I described as being a bit like tattooed because. You sit there in the chair beforehand. You're nervous as anything. You feel like you're, you're running through what you're going to say when you get up on stage. You get up on stage and your adrenaline kicks in and you, you feel like you're waffling in your head and everything goes a bit disorientated and it doesn't come out in the way that you want it, bearing in mind that was the first time I'd done a sort of five, seven-minute thing on there. Yeah. And then when you come off, you immediately you think, oh, my God, I don't want to do that. Then you wake up the next morning and you think, I want to do more of it. <laughs> yes. and it's exactly the same as being tattooed you're nervous until they touch your skin you hate it while it's happening and then you wake up the next day or probably like giving birth for women in some respects as my wife describes it you forget all the pain and you just want more yeah yeah sure <laughs> so. I, did, I did a little bit of um public speaking myself and it was um training through toastmasters oh um, lovely yeah. although i didn't particularly need it for anything i've done a lot of speaking in the past but my speaking was all one-to-one yeah, so, or one to a few at least. So, you know, even though I've been going to big companies and, uh, you know, onto their premises, into the lion's den, so to speak, I didn't have any fear of it and I got on with it. But getting up on stage at the Toastmasters, it wasn't a huge amount of people. But even so, you know, like you say, you get a bit nervous, you know, how are they going to take it? All eyes are on you. Um and it is good training. So um, if anybody yeah. wants to move on from their public speaking at the moment, maybe just, you know, onto Facebook, let's say, for example, Facebook Live, go and do it somewhere like the Toastmasters because those guys will put you in another realm and you'll get more and more confident doing it and you'll be able to go and do anything. So That's it. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's the thing. It's anything that makes me uncomfortable also makes me want to do more of yeah. it as well because it becomes that personal challenge then. Yes, that's um, it. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, so you mentioned the book. What, what's the what's the book about? Or is that a silly question, seeing you're uh, a more... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well, if you follow me online, you should hopefully know what it's about. I, um, I, I do know a little bit what it's about, but <laughs> the don't. <laughs> of course. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's essentially having looked back on what the difficulties that I had getting my own mortgage as a business owner and my wife being a sole trader back in 2015, um, with the thousands of business owners that I've spoken to now in two and a half years and the hundreds that we've had the success with for, for over a sort of 150 million now, um, I just put all those findings into a book which encompasses my personal experience, the experience of my clients and then 
the methodology that I've put together that aims to have success for every client every time, which is our, my company's active mortgage. Uh, the methodology is the active methodology. Mm -hmm. um, and it just follows helping people to understand, well, the, the, the methodology is affordability, criteria, terms, identify, victory, and entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it breaks down, looking at affordability, which breaks down into sections, but looking at affordability, so how much you can afford, where you are now versus where you want to be, how much you want to borrow, getting you prepared, whether you're ready now or whether you're looking to get ready in two years. Because for business owners, you know, I see property and buying your dream home as almost like a motive for your business every single day. Because if you're at 50000 a year, but your dream home is going to cost you 100000 a year, Unless you know that roadmap, how are you going to get there? Yeah. So by understanding mortgage affordability and knowing what the end goal is in terms of your profits, your salary, your dividends, what your credit report needs to look like, how your bank statements should be, you create this sat-nav and this journey of A to B to give you the success. Once you've then got through the affordability and you know that you've got the income and in, you know, it might be now, it might be in 6, 12, 24 months, we then look at the criteria of the mortgage lender and fit you to the mortgage lender rather than the other way around. People yeah. walk into the banks and think that the bank's going to fit them. No, no, no. I've used 30 lenders this year for um, all, the all the clients that I've done mortgages for. And out of every single application, even now sort of over 270 done, no two have been the same. There's always little pieces of the puzzle that are different and that's where it's fitting them to the criteria, which in turn gets you the best terms, you know, the best rates, the best payments, the best fees, um, which enables you to then go and identify your dream home or your investment property um, so that you can then set yourself up for getting your mortgage offer, getting your exchange, getting your completion, which is all part of the success. Mm. Okay, so where can people get the book if they want to get a copy? Yeah, a copy of it is available on Amazon. Uh, you can either download it as Kindle or you can get a, uh, a hard copy and it can get posted out to you. Mm. Um, and yeah, we've had, we've had some great reviews and it's now starting to reach the hand of mortgage brokers and advisors and they're sort of using it to, to help them increase their knowledge. So I've got to keep, the, keep ahead of them because otherwise they're all going to steal my business. Yeah, well, not only that, they might steal some of your, your pages and your ideas. So uh, yeah. Yeah. make sure it's copyrighted, you know. Yeah, without a doubt. I had a professional <laughs> publisher, so. Well done. Okay. Thanks, mate. I, I, I was thinking that it was a, a digital product. I didn't know you had it as a, a physical product as well. Yeah, correct. We, um, I, that event that I went to and spoke in front of the 250, I, um, I gave away an absolute abundance of them. Mm -hmm. um, and just, uh, yeah, it's it's physical as well without a shadow of a doubt tile okay. the floor with them is what uh, daniel Priestley says ah, okay well he would know he sells a few doesn't he <laughs> just a few just a few yeah <laughs> so how do you intend to grow your business and entrepreneurism in the future um twofold really mm -hmm. um and i'm quite excited for the future because having gone from well, where, where Active Mortgage is going, first of all, I, I sort of put a post, a post on Facebook now. I am so oversubscribed in the sense of the people are getting the methodology. They're understanding the ethos of preparation, um, and they're starting to think sort of in a coaching remit for their, for their properties as well and factoring in how they safeguard the future of their family and build a legacy with property. Yeah. Um, so 
I've now got advisors. I've literally done an interview this morning with a guy. Uh, I've got one starting on the 17th. I've got another one starting in October. Are you uh, building this big team again? No, I don't <laughs> want to build the big team again. Not at all. What I've, what I've realized, I run, a, I run a Facebook group for mortgage advisors as well. Right. Because it's very easy to get the qualifications, which are yeah. exactly the same as I were, you know, back in, when I did them back in 2003. The qualification is still the same. Mm-hmm even though the industry's changed and the way in which people get mortgages now. So the qualification doesn't teach you about how to do the job. Um, so I actually help a lot of mortgage advisors and coach them via my Facebook group to you know, be more productive, generate leads, market themselves, um, grow their brands. Um, and that's where the two that are coming on, you know, my specialism is self-employed. One yeah. of them wants to sort of develop a reputation in buy to let. Another one wants to do it in remortgage. So I'm trying to build my brand, but using the skills of others and their passion as well. Yeah, sure. So what, so what's the Facebook in, group called, Gary? Uh, UK Mortgage Professionals. Okay. I take it it's a closed group, is it? Or? Correct. Yeah. It's only for people who are, you know, in the industry, administrators, PAs, people quite, there's, there's, guys who are literally in the process of getting their qualifications right the way through to seasoned pros, you know, like myself who have been in it for over a decade. I think the longest one standing is 32 years. Um, So that's the the good flexibility of the industry enables you to do that. So there's growing my business, but then there's equally having gone from spending 20,000 a year on leads to um, spending nothing and and getting sort of 20, 30 leads a week in my business. Is this from Facebook? Yeah, well, from social media in total. So yeah. I, we do Facebook. We're on we're Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. Uh, we're everywhere, basically, as much as we can. Sorry, mate. Um, so you was doing a podcast as well. Yes. So what's, what's the situation with the podcast at the moment? So podcast, um, I put a stop to. Um, yeah. It wasn't, I, I like to run before I can walk and juggle quite a lot of plates. Why uh, not? It wasn't, it was almost a bit of a test phase as well. Um, I have so many ideas. I want to use a podcast as a means to share them, but I didn't really have a definitive goal for what the podcast is about. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now I've kind of clearly defined what I want it to be about. And it's actually about, you know, a year ago I made the decision that I wasn't going to work until seven, eight o'clock at night anymore. I was going to finish at five mm-hmm. because my girls are six and four. And I wanted to have dinner with them. I wanted to sit down as a family and have dinner with them. And I could work after they'd gone to bed at sort of seven, half seven and enjoy life. Um, So the podcast now is about building your business around your lifestyle. Uh, It's about all the things that I'm passionate about, which are raising positive children, um, health, fitness, wealth, property, uh, coaching, mentoring masterminding and just you know building that business but around your lifestyle i don't want a big team at the present time talk to me again in 20 years when the kids are grown up maybe i'll go for a monster then but at the moment all about kids and family and lifestyle and and being an influence on their lives absolutely nothing wrong with that have you relaunched it or what what process are you in at the moment in the process of so now having also got all the clients that i've got um, I've been speaking to a lot of them and a bit like we've done, booking an interview to actually interview my clients because I've got ones who have just gone self-employed. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got another guy who, you know, has just acquired, just doubled his business from two and a half million to five million and, and made two acquisitions to make that happen. 
Um, so I'm going to be interviewing them as well as sharing sort of my lessons for productivity, which I gave one earlier in terms of chunking your time and, yeah. and just trying to share my knowledge for mortgage advisors and really service-based business owners because the only product I've ever sold was back on Northfield Market. It's always been service-based. Yeah, getcha, yeah. Slightly different down on the market, no doubt, you know, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure the services they would sell on Northfield Market though, eh? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we're getting towards the end of the show now, Gary, and yeah. wondered if you would tell us what's the best way for people to get hold of you if they want to get in touch. Yeah, so my, I'm quite simple, at Gary Das, which is D-A-S, um, anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, and then the company is at Active Mortgage Co., um, the mortgage videos and the, you know, I do a lot of video around how to get a mortgage with one year's accounts, uh, how mm. to get the largest mortgage possible, what deposit you're going to need, you know, as much in mortgage information as I can. If someone asks me a question, I will produce a video with Jack on it. Wow. Uh, so that's, uh, that's always has to be on the mortgage page because of the good old compliance of our industry. But outside of that, me personally, I'm everywhere under the Gary Das tag. Okay. One year's accounts. That's uh... Yeah, yeah. Ooh, tell us a tell us a little bit about it. Go on, yeah, so it. Well, if you're if you're a business owner and you've got one year's accounts, um, you could get a mortgage whether you're a sole trader or a limited company. Mm -hmm. uh, it helps if you've got previous experience within the trade. You know, if you've gone from um, self-employed or employed builder perhaps to self-employed builder or carpenter to carpenter or solicitor to solicitor, you know, you've got experience in the trade, but. If you're changing industry and you've gone from window cleaner to solicitor, there's a little bit, the lenders are a little bit more scared because the main yeah. thing they're looking for is sustainability. Um, so yeah, one year's accounts, more than possible with previous experience and providing you've, you've got the profit or the salary and dividends within your account, certainly. That's interesting. Yeah, that's brilliant. Well, good news for somebody there then because most people are thinking it's sort of three years normally that you'd think, wouldn't you? Oh, it's my biggest bugbear. It frustrates the hell out of me. And I always, whenever someone says I need three years accounts, I'm like, please tag me in that post. Because if I find out who the mortgage broker is, <laughs> I will go crazy. It bugs me so much. Um, and that's why I believe, I, you know, I believe so much in preparation because you can get a mortgage with 5% deposit. Personally, I prefer 10% deposit because there's more lenders available and the interest rates are half. You know, you can borrow potentially up to five times your earnings if you're you know if you're moving home mm -hmm. four and a half if you're you know you're a first-time buyer mm -hmm. um, there's so many different options with over 180 lenders in the marketplace you know whether you're first-time buyer moving home or a seasoned pro um, property investor think finance first you know it's, it's we don't live in the world that we used to where you could sign a bit of paper to justify your salary. And, and that was how easy it was to get a mortgage. Mm, yeah, I think in finance first, it takes all the headache out of it. It stops everyone getting stressed and worrying about time scales and you know, you get your ducks a row in a row early. Yeah, sure. So you, you're kind of saying from what you was talking about earlier that virtually anybody could get a mortgage if you get yourself organized in advance. So I know you're talking about people. Yeah two to three years and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, if you haven't got the money at the moment, you haven't got a deposit, ways to get around it, of course, you know. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's brilliant for people to know that you're available and people like you, that you can come along and obviously use your services. So, yeah. thanks very much, Gary. Gary, no, is, there, 
there's a million things we could talk about. Is there anything that I haven't brought up that we ought to be talking about? Um, I don't know. <laughs> you, can't, you can't think of one, can you? Because I've asked you so many good questions. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think there's anything, uh, anything major. It's, it's, unless there's anything you specifically want to know outside of that. Well, I just thought about your book. Um, yes. Is there any way for anybody to get a copy of your book apart from purchasing on Amazon? Um, do you do it in a uh, electronic form or is there any special offers for the listeners or what, what can you do? Um, yeah, for people, I'll tell you what, we'll do a special offer for people of your podcast. Go for it. What How about that? I, love, I have um, to ask Gary, that's just my nature, I'm sorry. No, without a shadow of a doubt. I, mate, my whole life is built on the premise of my dad's teachings of if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah, so I'm the cheekiest bugger going when I can possibly be. Um, so yeah, if anyone who's listening wants to get a copy of my book, if they send an um, email to marketing at active.mortgage, None of the .co.co.uk or .coms or anything like that. It's literally active.mortgage. Um, include your name, your address, or in the name of the podcast, and we'll get that sent out to you, no problem at all. Oh, thanks very much, Gary. In exchange for a review, though. Oh, all right, then. Yeah, we've got to, you're going to put some caveats <laughs> yeah. down again, haven't you? So, uh, yeah, yeah, why not? Indeed. Yeah, only a five-star review, too. <laughs> <laughs> there you go listen gary it's been brilliant thanks very much for coming on the show and hopefully we'll do it again in the future definitely mate yeah no problem at all Been a pleasure lovely thanks very much gary thanks for the invite mate really appreciate it i hope this podcast gives you inspiration and if you want to contact me i'm andy arter and it's transform your wealth and health at gmail.com <laughs>